0: Welcome to the South Metro Ministries podcast. Here's this week's message from Pastor Alan Matura. The book of Malachi chapter 3 please for the reading of the word of the Lord today. This is lesson number 4. In a series of lessons that I'm calling I Have the Keys. I literally do have the keys. And two Sundays ago I spoke to you on the keys to our healing. We prayed for hundreds of people. I still have my prayer cloth. It went with me to Germantown, Maryland. Came back home to North Georgia and came back here to, Georgia, to South, well, Central Georgia. Everywhere because I believe in anointing of handkerchiefs and aprons. And, and I'm just, I'm saying, God, I just keep getting better all the time. Just don't let me get mean. And one of the things that I've, in this series of messages, Next Sunday, I'm preaching on the keys to a blessed marriage. I want you to be here with your spouse. Because if you're not, I'm going to call you in for counseling. And Pastor Daryl and Pastor Jeff are going to have their hands full with Brother Pete. I want to talk to you about the keys to the kingdom. And I'm getting this from Matthew 16 and 19, where Jesus said, Behold, I give you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. One of the areas of great attack on people that cause great pain and grief is money. Money, money, money. Our whole life has to do with money. And I'm not going to try to make any political statements here except to tell you that even though the government is shut down, God is not shut down. God is not shut down. Yeah. Yeah. He never has to plan a budget. (laughs) He owns the cattle on a thousand hills and the taters under the hills. He knows where every gold mine, every silver mine, he knows every... Matter of fact, God's so wealthy, the streets of heaven are going to be paved with gold. And every once in a while, I ask him to send me a little bit of gravel from the streets of heaven. How do you come to the place of financial blessings? There are more than one places. There is more than one place in scripture, but... Malachi chapter 3, verse number 8. Will a man rob God? Yet yeah, you've robbed me, says God. But you say, In what way have we robbed you? In tithe and offerings. You're cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even the whole nation. Verse 10 bring all the tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this. Test me in this, says the Lord of hosts. And if you test me, I'll show you. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing, there will not be room enough to receive it. But that's not all I'll do. Verse 11 says, And I will rebuke the devourer, which is the devil who comes to steal, kill, and destroy even your finances. I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. So that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground or the... "...shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field," says the Lord of hosts. Set your hand this way. Fifteen seconds. Ask for God to help me. Come on. That won't take us long. Father, I thank you for communion. I thank you for the anointing. I thank you for this powerful music and song. I thank you for the people of God. I'm not here to raise a special offering today, God. I'm not here to manipulate people. I'm here to bring you, bring the Word. And I'm here to use the keys and give the people the keys... So that they won't have bondage in this area of their life. In Jesus' name, anoint us all and be exalted. And everybody say amen. Amen Amen it is. And you may be seated. All of us perhaps have gone to the county fair, the state fair, Six Flags Over Georgia with our children, our family, or the Atlanta Braves game or some other game where or event where it's a family thing you're doing, and there's a certain, like Disney World, you pay a certain amount of money for the ticket to get in. But once you get in, in most places, if you want a Coke, if you want some candy, if you want some food, it's going to cost you money. And in most of those cases, it's going to cost you a lot more than it will on the outside. Have you ever gone to one of those places, and your child asks you, For some money, for some candy. And you know that it's going to cost more, but this is your child. You want to create a memory. So you give them five bucks. And they come back with some M&M's. And they tear it open. And they start pouring it out in their hands. And they, it smells so good. I just had communion, but... God's anointing is in chocolate, I believe. Amen. Just look at the color of my skin. Uh, would y'all like some? There's a lot of them at the Hebrews coffee house. Just. So, so, you know, we, we say to our child, you know, honey, that looks good. Uh, Can daddy have a few? And that child looks at us and says, No they're mine. And you immediately begin to think in your head, my child is missing the big picture here. Number one, he or she doesn't understand that if I wanted to, I could forcibly take that candy from her because I'm bigger. Number two, my child doesn't understand that I was the one who actually bought her the candy. It was my five bucks, who paid for it? And by the way, where's my change? You ever know you don't get the change back? That works even with your adult children. anyhow, I'll just move on. And number three, your child is, is doesn't understand it that, that if you wanted to, if you really wanted candy, to buy her candy. You could max out your credit card buying an M&M's and all your cash and you could pour so much candy on her and over her head she couldn't eat at all because of your ability to give her more. Amen. Can I get an amen? amen. Well, where I'm going with this is that the same realities apply to our lives in the area of the key to your financial blessings. Amen. Reality number one is if God wanted to, He could take all of our M&M's, which means our blessings, from us if He wanted to. Remember now, God is much stronger than we are. He is omnipotent. He can take it all back, the blessings. Number two, God is the one who gave us all the M&M's and the blessings in the first place. Yeah, you may drive a nice car, you may live in a nice house, you may wear nice clothes, all your bills may be paid, or you're on your way to becoming debt free. But God gave you the mind to think. God gave the dexterity in your hands and your feet and your fingers to do the work you do. Can I get an amen? God gave the beating in your heart and the seeing in your eyes and the hearing in your ears and the moving in your legs. And if God wanted to, He could, He could take it back. And the third reality is, if God wanted to, He could rain so many M&Ms on us, so many blessings on our lives, that we would not know what to do with all the blessings. But isn't that what Jesus said? He said, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men heap into your bosom. Now, I won't talk about the key are the keys to financial blessings and I would like to tell you that God wants you to live in financial blessings I'm not telling you I'm not trying to preach a prosperity gospel here where if you give 10 God's going to give you a thousand I'm trying to tell you that God wants you to be blessed so where you don't have to refuse to answer that phone call because it's the creditor or that you don't have to refuse or hesitate to open the mail because it's the creditor and you don't have the money. Can I get an amen? Or you don't have to walk to another aisle at Walmart because you see somebody you owe it money and you don't want to run into them. Or you don't have to sit in another chair at church because you owe somebody. Ah, oh, you can leave that alone. Somebody money and you can't pay them. But God wants to bless you so, so that you don't only get a blessing, you get a reservoir, you get so much blessing that you are happy to give it away because God can bless you again. Give the Lord a hand. Clap somebody. Now, let me tell you this. God has given to everybody a certain amount of M&Ms, a certain amount of blessings. And what we do with those resources God gives us dictates whether or not we are going to be blessed or cursed. One of the very tangible aspects of God's blessings is the fact that every one of us have stuff. I mean some degree of money. We all have a bunch of M&Ms. Some of us have a huge pile Some that blessed. Some other folks have a medium-sized pile of M&M's. And then there are others who have a small pile of M&M's or blessings. But no matter how big your pile of M&M's is, write this down and remember it, our management of what God has entrusted to us has tremendous implications on whether or not we are going to be financially blessed. Now, I'm going to give you a teaching this morning. I'm just here as a teacher, okay? I know how to preach. I know how to yell. I even know how to get a congregation to respond to me in the flesh if I want that. But I don't want that. I want what God wants. So here's key number one to your financial blessing. And that is that we have to understand this business of money management. We have to decide, are we an owner? Or are we managers? Can I get an amen, somebody? You see, when we think we are the owners of what God gives us, the owners of our M&M and our stuff, then we have it all wrong. There is no blessing there. However, when we realize that we are the manager and God truly owns it all, then we get into the receiving end of God's favor. Whether... You know it or not, money management has everything to do with the favor of God. And I want you to know the reason we talk about money management is because money represents who we are. You could write that down. It really does. Show me your checkbook and I'll tell you who you are. Look at my checkbook. Or my credit card statements, which I pay off at the end of every month. Just want you to know that. Because I'm not interested in somebody else giving me interest or charging me interest. You notice the banks and your money market and CDs, if you have them, they're not very interested in you. They're giving you a half or 1%, but they'll give you a loan for 6%. I'm not against you, bankers. Thank God for you. We're sitting in the building from which we borrowed. But when I, when I look at the statements, if you have a checking account with interest, they're not very interested in it. <laughs> well, I'll just stay right here. <laughs> my, my, my understanding is, is that money represents who we are. We spend a lot of time in our life making money, spending money, investing money, saving money, and for some of us, we spend a lot of time wasting money. I like what T.D. Jakes said. I'm going to quote T.D. Jakes. He says, some of you all us worshiping money. You're wearing mink coats and living in a trailer. You can blame him, okay? That's what T.D. Jakes says. And he says, you owe everybody you see. God wants you to bless as many as you see. Now, why are you talking about money, Pastor? Because I want you blessed. And some people sometimes, they, they, they scornfully say, well, that's what I thought about the church. It's all about money. Well, in a manner of speaking, it is all about money. Money says who you are. I got another question for you. Does your money manage you or do you manage your money? Now, now let me say this to you. Over 500 verses in the Bible talks about prayer. Over 500 verses in the Bible talks about faith. More than 2,000 verses in the Bible cover the subject of money. Listen to this. Jesus talked more about money than he talked about almost anything else. Of the 38 parables that Jesus told in the New Testament, 16 of them center on the topic of money, possessions, and our responsibilities of those things. Please get this. I also think it is interesting that the word believe is used 272 times in Scripture. The word pray is used 371 times in Scripture. Love is used 714 times in Scripture. But the word give is used 2,162 times in the Word of God. That's why I can't Come and ignore a major subject in the Word of God that the Lord says, if we don't apply it to our lives, then we don't have the keys and we live in captivity. And and so I want you to understand that we are the ones who God has said are the stewards, the managers, somebody ought to say amen. In Proverbs 3 and 9, if you have it, uh, my, my brother uh, and those who are doing the media, here's what the Word of God says about money and what it should be performing or doing as a testimony in our lives. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruit of your increase so that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine." Me, uh, yeah, here it is. I want you to understand, and, and, and you're going to think this is uh, counterproductive when I say it, but let me say the whole thing and then you'll get it. God doesn't need your money as much as you need to give it because you need his favor and his blessings. God could exist without me pastoring this church, but I'm glad he lets me. God could pay all the bills of this church and every, every church in America, but he has chosen to let his people give 10%, which is the tithe, so that not only will the needs of the house be met, but your needs also will be met. He doesn't need it as bad as you and I need to give it. Somebody say amen. Here's key number two. The tithe is what we're preaching about in Malachi. The word tithe simply means one-tenth or 10%. When the word tithe is used in the Bible, it refers to bringing the first 10%. Everybody say the first 10%. How do you know it, Pastor? Look at Malachi chapter 3 and 10. Here the Word of God says, Bring all the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessings, there will not be room enough to receive it. I like it in the New International Version. Put that on the screen. Here's the New International Version. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this. Please, Please hear the pastor. Nowhere else in the whole scripture does God challenge us to test Him. God doesn't have to be tested. But for our benefit, He says, you test me and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing there will not be room enough to store it. The principle of tithing goes all the way back to the beginning of creation, long before the law of Moses. This business of the first fruits goes all the way back in the Word of God to in the Garden of Eden when the Lord gave the command to Adam and Eve to oversee all of creation, to name the animals. To eat all of the fruits of all of the tree of the garden, the trees, except one tree. You can eat of all the other trees, but this one belongs to me. And in the day you eat of it, you shall be cursed. You shall begin to die. And you shall die. This, 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 this one-tenth of first fruit, when God created the world. He created in six days everything in the world and on the seventh day he rested. And that's why God says to all of us, honor the Sabbath and keep it holy. So here you are on Sunday worshiping God, which is the first day of the week, because after the resurrection on Sunday, the New Testament church began to worship on Sunday instead of Saturday. And if you worship on Saturday, God bless you. I'm not going to split theological hairs with you if you worship on Saturday. But here you are saying, God, I want you to... There's 168 hours in the week. I'm going to give you the first two and a half hours of my week. I am going to the house of God and blessing your name so you can bless the rest. Somebody give a Lord a hand clap here if you know it's the Word of God. The tide. When Israel traveled from Egypt to the promised land, though they disobeyed God, And they doubted God. They had to wonder, one generation had to wonder in the wilderness for 40 years. Under the leadership of Joshua, they came to the promised land and they were going in. Do you remember God says there are 10 cities that you have to capture? But I want you to take the spoils of the first of the 10 cities, which would be Jericho. And I want you to give me all the gold, all the silver, all the things that are of value... And you can give it and bring it to the house of God. And then you can take all the other spoils of the rest of the ten cities. And even more cities. You can have it for you and your family. And for all that you need. You just bring God's first. Oh this is good preaching even though I'm an Indian. Here is key number three. Bring the tithe in faith. And Remember the principle of first fruits. In Exodus chapter 13 and verse 2, the Bible speaks to us about, again, this business of the first fruits. The Word of God says in Exodus 13 and 2, Consecrate to me all the firstborn, whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both of men and beasts, it is mine. Here God is saying, as He said then, He's saying now, but back then because of the animal sacrifices and offerings, God says the firstborn is mine. It belongs to Him. Sixteen times in the Bible, the Lord says the firstborn is mine. So every time someone's livestock delivered its firstborn they were to either sacrifice it, or if it was unclean, they were to redeem it with a clean, unspotted lamb and offer it to God. When the firstborn came into the world, you didn't wait until your lamb, your you produce nine more lambs and then give God one. God says, give me the first. Get this, I put it on the screen because I want you to get it. The first portion is packed with power. When the first portion is brought back to God, the rest is blessed. Oh, y'all a, you ain't shouting here as good as I'm preaching, but I'm going to go ahead. And, when I bring the first portion and I say, God, I wouldn't have it. Unless you gave it to me, if it's a hundred dollars you got paid, ten bucks belongs to God. If it's five hundred, fifty—that's the tithe. You don't wait until all your bills are paid and then tithe. I, I, I saw a video from Ed Young's church on this business of giving this week. Ed Young pastors out at Fellowship Church and in a Dallas area and I took the uh, staff there a couple of years ago for a staff retreat and Ed Young preached on living in the blessed zone and, and in his preaching he talked about giving God the first fruit the first of what belongs to the Lord and I, I come to understand on this video a lady was testifying how she thought she was doing right by giving something to God but she understood she was robbing God because she said they were pocket tithing. And what she meant by pocket tithing was, whatever I had in my pocket, I was on Sunday morning in church, that's what I'd give to God. And that's like tipping God. Some folks will go from church today and spend more money on their lunch or their dinner with their family than they would have given to God all week. And then they would expect God to pay for their house and their car and heal their body and save their soul. I'm a good little Indian. And I'm not mad at anybody. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to give you the keys. Let me tell you, you know what? I'm not trying to raise an offering this morning. For 28 and a half years, God has paid every bill of South Metro Ministries. We have borrowed thousands, we have borrowed millions, and the elders of this church and the, and the finance committee of this church and the CPA of this church and the money we lend to, the people who lend us money rather, will tell you. They have never one time said, we're going to shut off your light or we're going to reclaim your property because you're not paying your bill. I'm not here begging on behalf of God. I'm here to tell you the same God who pays the bills here will pay your bills. But you've got to walk in obedience. You've got to obey God. The first portion is packed with power. And the first portion is, I had a brother tell me yesterday on the phone. I didn't ask him and he didn't know where I was headed. He's in this church. He's in his service this morning. And I told him, I said, he's an usher. And I said, I want to receive the offering after I preach because I want people to practice in faith immediately what I'm preaching Because it's the word. Just like I did two Sundays ago. Right after I preached. I had a healing line. You know what? The laces are loose in the shoes. and It's distracting me. You know it's a nice new pair of shoes. And these confounded laces. Yeah. And next time I'm going to take them off. Yeah brother Willie. I. I love me some Brother Willie. The brother told me, he said, Pastor, we, my wife and I, for the last few years, have been bringing the tithe off the top, off of our gross, off of what benefits we get, off of, we we tithe off of the, somebody says, should I tithe off the gross of the net? Here's the answer. Which one do you want God to bless? There's a little whoop glory in that. Do you know that the federal government, the state government going to take their money from you? They don't ask you whether you're ready to have it withdrawn. They're going to come take it from you. The Holy Ghost says, if you'll bring it to me because I won't take it for you from you because the Bible says God doesn't bless a grudging giver. Can I get an amen? God blesses a cheerful giver. And if you give it just because you want something back or you give it because you're grouchy, you've lost your blessing. And if you give it because you want to trumpet it out and tell, have the whole church know what you give, then you've also lost your blessing. Woo, hallelujah. He said we've been given 10% off the top and then we committed and rise up and build two and a half years ago. We started a stewardship campaign to raise money to reduce our debt. By, by the end of May 2014, it'll be three years, and the church has pledged $1, about $1.2 million. Do you know we've already raised 900000 of that in Jesus' name? Can I get an amen? You, you have done it, okay? He said to me, we give that 10%, and we give 5% of our net to the building fund. He says, Pastor, and I wrote the testimony down. He said, since that time, my wife's salary has more than doubled. He says, this year alone, she has received over $7,700 in bonuses. Oh, my Lord. He said in his job, he's received over $5,000 in in recent bonuses. And he says, we have challenges like everybody else. When you tithe and give, will the devil attack you? Because he doesn't want you to be blessed. He will. When you get sick, God will heal you. I'm a tither and giver. Look what uh, what God is doing in my life. You, you see what I'm saying? You see what the devil tried to do to me back in February and March by afflicting my body and afflicting my wife last year? It was all because he didn't like the way that we were going to the next level and obeying God. Okay? And, and so we decided that we are still, my wife is retired, but we go still tithe and bless and do it right off the top because everything we have, every blessing we have comes from God. Let me tell you. Don't don't get angry with me if you see me wear a nice suit or drive a nice car or live in a nice house. It all belongs to God, okay? Don't get angry with me if you see me drive my Lexus because God gave it to me, okay? Because I remember driving a 1968 Plymouth Valiant in college and, and every time you turn a corner about, it would die out. It was like a Fred Flintstone car. The brakes wouldn't work and you had to use your foot almost to stop the confounded car. I remember owing money for college. I remember, I remember where we came from in Trinidad when people couldn't give their tithe. They brought groceries to the pastor. And I'm telling you, if I'm blessed, don't get mad at me. Just join me. Just join me and tithe and give and obey God and watch what God will do for you. Somebody praise the Lord. Oh, I got to hurry. No, I don't. You're just going to go eat some M&M's. So let me just, just move right on. Let let me let me let me show you number four. Here's key number four to financial blessings. Bring all the tithe to the proper place. Where's the proper place? The storehouse. What is the storehouse? It's the church. The storehouse is your local church. It's the place where you worship, it's the place where you get fed, it's the place where the church reaches out to the community. It is the place where if there's a need for a wedding, we we solemnize the marriage. If there's a place for a memorial service, we do a memorial service. It's the place where we do the water baptism. It's the place where we dedicate the babies. It's the place where we send out missionaries. It's the place where we bless a better way and carry the pregnancy services and love in action. It's the place where we discipline, we would not discipline, but disciple and discipline young people and children. Can I get an Amen. This is the storehouse. You don't go and eat at Cracker Barrel and go next door to Old Charlie's and pay the bill. I'm not against somebody having 1-800 prayer tower. And I don't mind you watching television and getting blessed from those ministries. But that's not where you send your tithe. You don't decide, I'll give 5% to this orphanage, 2% to the missionary, and the other 3% to God. That is not the tithe. You give 10% to God off the top, and everything else you give above that is offerings. And God blesses it. And I wish somebody who's ever been blessed give the Lord a praise here. Wherever, whatever you call your home church, that, that's, where, that's where you give. Here's number five. Key number five. Choose blessings, not curses. Can I get an amen? Because the Word of God says to us in verses 8 and 9 of Malachi, it won't be on the screen, but it says, When a man robbed God, yet you have robbed me. But you say, In what way have we robbed you? In tithe and offerings. Verse 9. You are cursed with a curse, for you've robbed me for even the whole nation. We're going through some economic difficult times and it has more to do than disagreements with the Republicans and the Democrats. It has to do with this nation who has bowed down to the altar of the flesh, the world, the devil and pleasure. Come on and help me preach here. We, we, have, we have robbed God. We have taken the Ten Commandments off of our school buildings and our government buildings. We have condoned as a nation abortion. We have condoned same-sex marriage as a nation or at least some people in our nation. Come on and help me here. You wonder why in part of the nation there's a horrific 43-inch storm going on with with, with blizzard-like condition and another part of the nation where there's a storm going on and tornadoes? I'm telling you, this nation, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal their land. You know why America is being spared? Is because of people like you you are praying, you are giving, yeah. My son-in-law and daughter now are in the metro area, Germantown which is about 40 miles from DC and many of their parishioners are affected by the shutdown because they work for the government. There are people right now in this church and and, and I'm going to tell you something, I'm not trying to be political, I'm here to tell you there's some innocent people suffering, but I want to tell you, those of you who may be victims of the shutdown, God ain't shut down and He ain't shut up. His Word, if He can take five loaves and two fish and feed 5,000 and have 12 baskets left over, He ain't about to forget you. But do you know when you take what belongs to God, it's a curse? When they went into Jericho to take the city of Jericho and they marched around the wall seven times and it came falling down, Joshua had pre-instructed the Israelites, do not take any gold, any silver, any precious items for yourself. Give it to God. There was one man among them whose name was Achan, Joshua 7. He saw a beautiful Babylonian garment. He saw a wedge of gold and some silver. And he thought in the midst of all the spoils and gold and silver, God's not going to miss this little bit. And the Bible said he took it and went in his tent and dug a hole and buried it in his tent and immediately a curse came on him. Can I get a witness? The, the next town they went to take was a small little town called Ai, Ai, and they didn't need the whole army of Israel, they just needed a few men, and those few men were killed by a small town defending itself. And Joshua went to God and said, what's the matter God, we took a whole city, we, you brought down the walls, we, and, and, and now, now something's gone wrong. And the Lord said to, jo- to Joshua, get up off the ground and praying. dust yourself off. It's because there's a thief in the camp. There's sin in the camp. There's a curse. God showed him exactly who the man was, Achan. And you know when there's a curse, it not only was he cursed, his whole family was cursed. He confessed he sinned, and they took he and his family outside the tent and outside the, the camp, and they took their lives by pelting them with stone. Aren't you glad God doesn't do that today? Huh? You remember Ananias and Sapphira lied to the Holy Spirit when they brought their offering? They act like they were given all but they lied and they died instantly. Boy, if that would happen in one of our Sunday services, we wouldn't have to worry about the tide next Sunday. Woo, I feel a whoop glory. All right, let, let me just hurry up here. One more thought. Here's the last key. One of the arguments that always arise out of the tithe and why some people don't choose to give it is because they said the tithe was under the old covenant we're under the new and therefore it's not applicable. What Bible are you reading? I mean do you understand that long before the law of Moses Abraham tithed to Melchizedek who was a type of Christ after God gave him back his nephew Lot, and he and and about 300 of his servants went and fought, and they were not fighters, they went and fought against their enemies, and God gave them a lot of spoils, and the Bible says Abraham tithed off of it. Do, do Do you understand that this business of tithing and giving was brought up in the New Testament when the Pharisees were talking about how righteous and holy and how they're givers and come to the music if you will my brother Chad and, and, and they were bragging about all the scriptures they know and all the sanctimonious ways that they're righteous and that they feed the orphans and clothe the widow and they give in the temple. And Jesus said all these things you should do but you shouldn't leave the other by way of giving charitably undone. Can I get an Amen. But let me ask you a little, little basic question here. Uh, oh, let me just make this statement. In the old co- covenant, the covenant of law, it was a sin to commit adultery. And if you did and they found it, you were killed. So now that we are under grace, is it all right if you're married for you to sleep with somebody else's husband or wife? <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, just, just, just think about that. Because if you said yes, I'll have an altar call and you can get saved. In the, in, in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, the, the Bible talked about murder. Thou shalt not, mi- shalt not commit murder. So uh, is it all right now if some you're driving around 285 and somebody cuts you off, is it all right for you to just go ahead and... Get road rage and pull out your gun and kill them? You know the answer is obvious. Jesus said, I didn't come to obliterate the law, I came to perfect it. I came to bring you to a higher standard. I said in the old, old covenant, thou shalt not kill, but I'm telling you, if you look at somebody and you talk to somebody in a hateful way and you say, I hate you, you've killed them. Jesus said, I, I told you in the old covenant, if you commit adultery, it's sin. I'm telling you now, if you look on another man or woman other than your spouse lustfully, you've already committed adultery. I, I close with this. Put the last three points up. Speaking, to, some, somebody gave me this testimony this weekend. they come to this church. And, and they said to me, uh, and I said, I asked their permission if I could use it. About a year ago, her older brother, maybe in his early 80s, who lives in South Georgia, asked her to order some books, some religious materials for him using her credit card because he didn't have one. And he said to her, when I see you again, I will pay you the money. Well, about a year rocked on, and perhaps he had forgotten and didn't say anything about it, and she didn't mention it either. So recently, she and her husband went down to South Georgia to visit family, including him, her brother, and he came out and handed her $200 bills. And he said, here's the money I owe you for the books, and here's an extra 25 I owe you 175 but here's an extra 25 use it for what you want. And they were going to go in, in a little while to a sister's birthday party in that area. And he said, you could even buy a present for sis if you want to. Well, mistakenly, she, 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 she took the money deliberately, but mistakenly, she threw it in the trash. And she discovered she threw it in the trash when she left his house, her brother's house, and went to a sister's house. And she said to the Lord, Lord, if you'll just help me find that $200, I'm just going to give it away. And she told her sister, I'm just going to give it away. So she sent her husband back to her brother's house and said, go on and check it out and see if, if I threw it in the trash. And sure enough, he found it. And sure enough, she gave it away. About a week ago, she told me, she forgot that she even gave it away. She got a letter from Bank of America telling her that she did not use all the benefits on her priority protection for her card and they're sending her a refund. When's the last time a credit card company sent you a refund? Fifteen hundred and five dollars. Yeah, I, I, that's a whoop glory time. A few days later, she got a letter from Cowie de at EMC, and they said we are reviewing our records for 1987, and we you were a customer then. We find that we owe you some, what they call, capital credit refund in the amount of $208.86. She said, well, at that time I owned a business and CalAda Fiat EMC, they were the ones supplying the funds for the business. The, I mean, pardon me, they were supplying the electricity for the business. I wonder if it works for the business too, the review." And the lady on the other end, after she called, said, yes, ma'am, it works for businesses too. I'll look you up. Ma'am, we are sending you a check to your business for $565.72. I'm telling you, you can't outgive God. Now, that's not what I'm telling you to give for, but but she she just gave. She said a few days later she was in the Chick-fil-A drive-thru line. And her grandchildren were with her and she decided she's not going to cook that evening. She's going to go to Chick-fil-A. She got in the line. She ordered for her husband, herself, and her grandkids. It was about $23. She drove up when it came her turn to the window to pay. And the lady at the window says, ma'am, you don't owe us nothing. What do you mean? Uh, she said the lady at the window, the car, two, two cars in front of you paid for yours and the car in front of you. Now, if you don't tithe, you better be sure you got the money to pay Chick-fil-A when you get to the window. Tithing is where the curse is removed. Did I hear you say amen? Amen. Tithing brings the blessings on the balance of your money. Tithing causes God to rebuke the devourer and open the windows of heaven to us. Bow your heads all over the church. Bow your heads. Pastor Matura, I want to be blessed and not cursed, my brother. And I used to, but I'm not doing it right now. I'm kind of pocket tithing. And I say when I have more, I'll give more, but I understand that God won't give me more unless I'm trusted with what I have now. And so pastor, it is in the word, it is God's plan for my financial blessing, and I just want you to pray with me this morning that I can step out in faith and obey the Lord. I know people who are not even saved who tithe because they want God to bless their finances. And I'm not going to go into all that, but I, he'd rather you be saved first because he wants to save your soul. But I, I wonder this morning, say, Pastor, as you pray over this offering this morning, I want you, Pastor, to pray over my finances. Nobody is looking, I'm not going to call you up. I, I, don't, I don't know what you give. I choose to not know what you give so I can preach like this. If I need to know what you give, I know where to go and how to find out, but I never look at what you give because I want to preach the whole truth and not make somebody mad and lose their, their tithe and offerings. I just want to make God glad and you blessed. You say, Pastor, my f- I need a financial breakthrough and I want to obey God. Raise your hands if that's you. Nobody else looking. Nobody else. It's God's business and, and, and yours. Put it down everybody I want everybody to pray if you didn't raise your hand I want you to pray for those who did and I want you I want you to praise him because he blesses you father I am closing this service this morning because this is how you told me to close it not just be hearers of the word but I'm receiving the offering now because you want us to be doers of the word right now if not now when so I ask you God to continue to give favor immeasurably upon those who are tithers and givers. Continue to bless their going out, they're coming in, they're laying down, they're rising up. Continue to bless them with health, with their marriage, with their children, with their job, with their boss, with their company, with their supervisors. Rebuke the devourer for their sake. Somebody say amen. Give them a sound mind. Let, let everything they touch be blessed. And for those who are starting for the first time today or those who are coming to return to tithing, or for those who owe you back tithing. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would let them know that you are a God that not only can be tested, but you are a God that can be trusted and you will always keep your word. And so I pray blessings, O oh God, of healings and every other manifestation upon their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you say amen? Stand to your feet. Let's worship as you give. Lead us. Here I am. Here come, brothers. I stand. Come, come, brothers, to the front. Go ahead and Lord, begin receiving the offer. My life is in your hand.
1: Lord, I'm alone. Go ahead, my brothers,
0: proceed. To see Hallelujah. Your Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit smmcog.com.